Hey, Carl. Hey, Vinny. What's up, buddy? Are you ready for another creep-off? I sure am. Well, let's start off with a recap of last week's episode. All right. Hey, everyone. Tucker Dixon here with your Blasphemous Field Recap. In the beginning, the man the size of the Alpha and the Omega brought in a priest that had more than a handful of kids that called him Daddy. Uh, or Father. Like a thief in the night, Carl has returned, and he will possibly absolve Vinny of all his losses. His priest also molested children and almost got away with it, but his if-you-can't-say-something-nice-don't-say-anything-at-all appeal was denied. As for my creep this week, it would be all these sexy-ass children who keep enticing the men of the cloth. Vinny, do not play that clip. <laughs> oh, you asshole, you just played that clip, didn't you? Anyways, that's all I got for this week. Tucker, out. Vaya, con Dios. Attention parents, what you're about to see is not suitable for kids. Shoot, it's not even suitable for some grown-ups. You might want to walk away now if you ain't into these type of things. I'm going to give the people what they want. Sensation, horror, shock. I'm going to deliver the goods because I'm alive and I'm not backing down. Cuckoo, cuckoo. Disgusting, vomit-inducing thing. Hola, creepos! Welcome to another edition of your favorite true crime podcast, the show about creeps by creeps. For you creeps, I'm your host. The tower of power, too sweet to be sour. The people's champion. And joining me as always, it's Carl. Hey, what's happening, Vinny Paulino? I finally shamed you enough that you're ready to play your drops at the beginning of the show. If you can't play your own drops whose drops can you play exactly well done sir well welcome back to the creek off everybody i am uh <laughs> i saw that video yeah that was very funny <laughs> that was very very funny well done dave in canada creep creep i'm excited to be here today is going to be a very fun episode i always like the weeks after i win because here's the results <laughs> of last week's all right Vinny got 62 percent of the vote <laughs> Oh, baby. Who is voting for you? Who are these people? True believers. Oh, man. (sighs) You know what that means, Carl? Winhausen for the Winhausen. Yes, I'm up the score right now. Two to nothing. Oh, man. Now, that means that if I get to five before Carl does, for all of you new listeners, that he has to spin the dreaded wheel of consequences. I think I found a copy of the book. Oh, good. Okay, yeah. So let's talk about what your consequence is right now. Let's talk about what your consequence is right, right now. Dinner with a listener. Yours is dinner with a listener. Yeah. And I have some. Vo- I have. Okay. I have an interesting proposition for you from someone that I will play for you later in the show. Okay, great. Which it does involve Nashville. Great. Mine is I have to buy the semenology book, which is basically how to make craft cocktails with gum. Yes. And I have to buy the autographed edition, which is well over $100. And then I have to be seen in public reading it. All because you guys had terrible taste in creeps, and Carl beat me last round. Oh, I beat you handily last round. I think I won five to one, which is probably my best showing. Says the guy who's down owed. I know right what's now. happening right now. What's going on, people? The creepoff.com. Vote Carl. It's well, that easy. We got to start this show off right. We're going to talk to 
Today we're going to talk about a state. Yes. We're going back to going around and picking states, and we put it up to a vote, and you folks picked Alaska. Are there creeps in Alaska? I had no idea. Chocker box full of them. Yeah, no shit. Chocker box full of them. I think everyone in their family has someone, a human body taxidermied somewhere in their home. Yeah, per capita, it's got to be one of the creepiest states around. And I was doing a little research on the state itself. It's one of the most dangerous places in America to live. Why is that? Uh, Because there's so much crime. (laughs) You are more likely to be raped, more likely to be murdered, more likely to be robbed if you live in Alaska than other places. Probably because it's very remote, and I guess it's probably easy to get away with shit. Alaska it is today, and because I won last week, I get to go first. Carl, do you want to ring the bell? All right, my creep today, ladies and gentlemen, this guy, oof, he's a bit of a problem. He's made himself a legend. Oh, yeah? Yeah, man. Legendary. Not everybody knows the real story that happened here. My creep today, his name is Robert Christian Hansen, and I will fully admit up front he was born in Iowa. Mm Mm-hmm. But uh, his crime spree does happen in Alaska, so nobody give me shit. Nobody was born in Alaska. It's where you go when you're trying to avoid problems in life. Absolutely. And let me tell you something about Robert Christian Hansen. Yeah. He didn't have a good early life, Carl. His father was a Danish immigrant who owned a bakery. He was a strict disciplinarian, and he was forced to work in the family bakery at a young age. He was one of those kids. Forced to work in a bakery? Minnie, you would kill for that job. Are you kidding me? You're what? You're around bread all day. Do you think I want to work Sounds in a bakery? Horrible. I'd like to, you know, live above one. <laughs> that would be, that would be better, actually. Yeah. So be a fun way to wake up. His father was a religious asshole. Is basically going to be going to be my point. Okay. Now here's a really weird fact that I think really comes into play for a lot of my presentation today. His father was a religious asshole that forced Robert, who was naturally left-handed. To use his right hand. Oh, kind of like uh, what happened with the quarterback for the Dolphins. Tua. Yeah, yeah. in reverse. The psychiatrists later say that this switch yeah. resulted in Robert having a lifelong stutter. That can cause a stutter? Apparently. So for the rest of the show today, I will be referring to him as uh, Stuttering Bob. <laughs> do, do, um, do up. Do, do, um, do up. Right. So... He was a painfully shy teenager. He had terrible acne, and he was mocked for his stutter. I actually have audio of him in the uh, in the lunchroom in high school. Yeah, stuttering prick. <laughs> Everybody laughed at him. They didn't like him. All the girls he liked rejected him. He's often described as a loner and a social outcast. He took refuge in his time that he spent by himself, which is never good. How did you turn out to not be a, a serial killer? Lack of evidence. Perfect. Uh, He became an avid game hunter, Carl. Okay. And uh, let's just say he had a lot of fantasies and a lot of rage inside of him. In fact, uh, he entertained some very fucked up fantasies, and they were mostly like vengeance Mm. fantasies. So this guy was uh, stuttering, stuttering. He was stuttering for vengeance, this guy. he Wait, play that drop again? What was that? uh, He was stuttering for... For vengeance. Okay. <laughs> it's a bad drop. Not I fucked drop. that one up. <laughs> I was trying to do a Judas Priest drop, but uh, fuck it. Either home way, run. Call me a home run. <laughs> cut that pot out. <laughs> In 1957, he's 18 years old. He joins the U.S. Army Reserves. He tries to make something of himself. After a year, he becomes an assistant drill instructor. He gets married. 
and things are going pretty good for him. But then, for some reason, out of the blue at age 21, he convinces a 16-year-old kid that works at his dad's bakery Mm -hmm. to help him burn down the school bus garage. Oh, that's fun. Those are fun antics right there. First off. Guess who's getting a day off of school? First off. Stuttering shithead. This guy's a 16-year-old. He's not a good accomplice. Mm. Because here's what happened when the police questioned him. The kid's like, yeah, uh, stuttering Bob made me do it. Oh, yeah, that's not good. So he gets arrested. He gets sentenced to five years in prison. Did they set the thing on fire, though? Yes, he absolutely did it. Uh, His wife divorces him, leaves him alone in prison. He gets out of jail 20 months later, and he goes to prison a couple times after this for just stealing shit. Like, he was a klepto like that Charles Egg. He couldn't help himself. So he ends up managing to remarry another local woman, his second wife, Darla. Uh, They got married in 63, and they moved to Anchorage, Alaska. He wanted to get away from his criminal past and start mm-hmm. start fresh. That's why you go to Anchorage, Alaska. That's why you go to Anchorage, Alaska. They have two kids. He follows in his father's footsteps, and he opens up his own bakery. Oh, okay. So he did like the baker. I told you that. You're yeah. making shit up over here. Oh, he's had to work in a bakery. The poor guy. Well, I mean, it wasn't his favorite thing to do, but we're going to get to that in a oh. minute. How do I put this? His wife has a master's degree, right? Okay. They don't have a good relationship. Okay. She spends her days teaching handicapped kids. <laughs> All day long, she's dealing with this shit. <laughs> and this guy. What guy's, are you trying to say? Carl <laughs> Hamburger's handicapped? What are you trying to say here? Yeah, maybe. Uh, she basically supported the kids and the household. Yep. From working with special special needs kids. Sure. All of the money from the bakery, he kept. Good for him. He just kept the money. And he basically spent it all on guns and taxidermy. Mm, okay. He was big time into the guns, Carl. Most people in they, they, Alaska, say, they yeah, love the outdoors. They, there's a lot of hunting going on in Alaska. In fact, Robert Hansen won a whole bunch of trophies yeah, for hunting. He did. Big game tournaments. He was a popular guy in the hunting community, and eventually he ends up buying himself a cabin in a remote part of the state that was only accessible by plane. Okay. So then he bought a plane, too. <laughs> Smart. Yep. Yep. So his wife's home. taking care of the kids. She's working. He does whatever he wants to do, and he gets arrested again for petty theft or trying to steal a chainsaw. Okay. Then not too long after that, like I would have stolen it too if I would have had a chainsaw. Right. I mean, how do you get out of the fucking store with a chainsaw? You have to be like a pretty brazen thief. So he then gets arrested for sexually abusing a housewife and raping a prostitute. Okay. Um, out of the blue. I thought that they were in a remote area. You couldn't even get. He was to. lived he in Anchorage. Him? No, he he, the cabin lines? was his hunting cabin. Oh, okay, I got it. Okay, he lived. You know, See, at I home. told you, Alaska's a dangerous place, man. Not a good place to Not be. Not a good place. Even if prostitutes are getting raped, brutal. So he gets arrested for this, and he's ordered to seek psychiatric treatment for his bipolar disorder. And in 1971, the Alaskan Supreme Court eventually ordered the sentence to be lessened to time he already spent in jail. Okay, so he's out, and Darla was a very religious woman, so she made him go to church with her all the time. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah that's going to fix, fix this guy. Yep. I mean, he burnt down the school bus yard because he was pissed off at girls in high school. I mean, he he's not a good guy. He's Wait, raping. He, he burnt that down because he was pissed at high school? Yes. He wanted he revenge all, on his high school. That's he why gave they, them all a day off or maybe weeks off with yeah, that Yeah, he move. sure showed them. Yeah, I bet, they're, I bet he's being celebrated in that Carl, high school. Uh, um, I cannot... Ex- 
express this enough. This guy is a fucking nerd. Yeah. He's just a fucking idiot. He is a little wormy nerd dude. Enough about how you relate to him. Can you just get into the story again? Certainly. Was he a big wrestling fan too? No, I will kill you. <laughs> so he already spent time in jail. To, uh, he's out. She's making him go to church. Nothing has changed, though. Even when Darla suspected that he had been frequenting prostitutes. Mm-hmm. And boy, oh boy, ever had he been freak been seeing the hookers. Yeah. She would take the kids and go to her families in Arkansas for like months at a time, leaving Stuttering Bob all by himself in the 70s in Anchorage, Alaska, which if you don't know, ladies and gentlemen, drifters, migratory workers with disposable incomes and sex workers. Yes. They're building the Alaskan pipeline at the time. That's all who's there. He's got a Are little- you trying to sell me on Alaska? Because it's working. What, what's the real estate prices like right now? Couldn't tell you right now, but this was cabin. the 70s. Yeah. So for the decade, he's just hanging around there with his bakery. Well, I'm going to fast forward, Carl, because I know how you want me to always move on quickly. We're going to start in 1982. There is a police task force led by Detective Glenn Floth. They're investigating the body that they found that was found by some electrical workers that came to be known as Eklunta Annie, whatever the street is, because that was the name of the road they found her on. Okay. They didn't go Jane Doe, the folksy people. Can we just say Annie? Sure. Is that easier? Never identified. Okay. Uh, later that year, they find the body of Joanna Messina in a gravel pit, and then they find the body of 23-year-old Sherry Morrow, who was discovered in a shallow grave. Now, Floth believed all women had been murdered by the same person. Meanwhile, I feel like finding a dead body in Alaska is kind of like a normal day. Well, they right? were finding like, shell oh, casings, body. like shot, like rifle or shotgun shell casings. Yeah, by these bodies that all matched. Yeah, so like this is the same person who's doing this. Sure. Okay. I bet it's I bet it's Bob. I bet it's stuttering Bob. It'd be funny if you like went to do a whole thing and it was just like a random. Yeah, I had nothing to do with that. Anyway, uh, did I so, say funny? I'm an annoying. That would be annoying. Don't do that. Okay. So stuttering Bob's on the other side of town. The cops are investigating these three bodies. Mm -hmm. And uh, he finds 17-year-old Cindy Paulson. Okay. And he says, hey, Cindy, I'll give you 200 bucks to blow me. And you know what she said? I suck a mean cock. And uh, she also said. Give me that cock. And uh, she got. Lick my balls. (laughs) Yeah. She gets into the car with this guy. He pulls out a gun, drives her to his place. Okay. Holds her captive, <clears throat> proceeds to rape and torture her. Did she get her 200 bucks yet? Nope. She later told police after Hansen finished fucking her, chained her up by the neck to a post in the basement, mm-hmm. in the, in basically in a room that was filled with all of his taxidermy trophies. Okay. Creepy animal heads and shit. Yep. She's tied by her neck to a post while he laid there and took a nap on a couch. Well, yeah, after all that raping. Yeah, he got tired. <laughs> so tuckered out. So she wakes up and says, you know what we're going to do? We're going to go to the airport. I'm going to take you out to my cabin. Oh, sweet. All right, cool. Yeah, going on a little field trip. So he drives her to the airport, and she's handcuffed in front of herself. She's in the back seat. He gets out, and he starts prepping his plane to take off. She climbs over the seats, kicks the door open, and runs for her fucking life while she's handcuffed. Smart. So now you have a barefoot... Woman running around the tarmac at the airport who's handcuffed, screaming for help. Hey, uh, a- I have a note for uh, Stuttering Bob. This is going great. Nope. Oh, nope. no. 
So he starts chasing her down the tarmac, yeah. and she gets to a spot, and there's a truck going by, and she hails the truck, and the truck lets her in. He stops chasing her and just starts, like, looking around, like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Right? So she, the co- the trucker takes her to the cops. The co- She tells him everything that happened. She describes him. She describes his car. She describes his plane. Tells everybody it's at this airport. This is where it is. So they go to arrest Bob. All right, case closed. All right, so they bring Mike Bob in. Oh, oh, you're not done yet? They bring Bob in. And he goes, no, man, I wasn't doing nothing. I was uh, helping my buddy with his airplane at the time. I didn't have anything to do with anything. And his hunting buddy goes, oh, sure, I'll vouch for you. Bob. Yeah, Bob was with me. Perfect. So they let him Got go. The alibi. Nice. Yeah, they let him go. Well, this cop, Fluth, is a really smart guy. Because he's like, this whole thing matches. Something's up here. I got to follow this guy. He gets an FBI profiler to create a profile of what they think the killer is for these three other bodies. Mm-hmm. This woman, they said that the you know the, the profile said this person's probably weird. <laughs> probably a little weird. <laughs> and probably really a hunter. People. Yeah, probably owns a gun or two. Probably a hunter because of the types of bullets. Uh, wow. And they're just like, this kind of fits this Bob guy, the baker. And he just did have, supposedly was accused of having a handcuffed woman in his car. Something's not adding up. So he ends up getting a search warrant in October to Bob's fucking house. Okay. So as they go through his house, they had covered jewelry belonging to some of the missing women. They found an array of firearms in a corner hidden in his attic. They also found an aeronautical chart with 37 little X marks on it. Oh, that's not a good idea. And that was hidden behind his headboard in his bedroom. Okay. Now, uh, many of these marks, they matched where they found some of these bodies. Sure. Yeah. 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 So as you can imagine, that when they followed it, it was a really fun treasure map every for everybody. Every serial killer feels like they need to document their work. Yeah. Like, every single one does this, right? They're really stupid people. Yeah. They think they're fucking so smart. But I'll tell you what, I actually have audio of the interrogation after they showed him the map. Okay. Uh this is Bob with the cops. Today, Junior. Eventually, that's not what that is. Eventually, Adam Sandler making fun of a stutterer. So eventually, eventually, he admitted. Remember when goofing on stutterers was fun in movies? Certainly, you don't see that too often anymore, do you? Yeah, stuttering prick. Yeah. I miss those times. Why do you miss them? It's like every Saturday for you. No, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> every Saturday. And, you know, every now and then we do a bonus show, which I have to do this week with his uh, stand-up. But anyway, so you continue. as they start going through this evidence with him, he starts blaming all of these women. It's all their fault. Sure. I didn't do it. Use their teeth. Yeah, they, I, they're all trying to blackmail me by being dead is, I think, one of his arguments. Weird. Yeah, just bad, bad arguments. Eventually... That doesn't make any sense, Rick. Well, he said that that first one, the seventeen-year-old, got away. Yeah. He paid for mo- he paid her for sex, and she wanted more money, so she made the whole thing up to fucking frame him. Bullshit. Correct. Now, eventually, he ends up confessing to each item of evidence as it's presented him. He admitted to a spree of attacks against women in Alaska starting in 1971. Mm-hmm. His earliest victims were girls and young women, usually between the ages of 16 and 19. Not prostitutes like the ones that he got busted for kidnapping. He targeted sex workers and exotic dancers from around Anchorage. He would kidnap the woman and either drive them or fly them to his private cabin. If the woman didn't put up a fight, 
he would rape them and bring them back to town, threatening them into secrecy. Okay. Uh, but those who did not cooperate with him, they were taken back to his favorite location along that river, uh, the Knick River, and uh, he would set the women free, Carl. And then what he would do is he would give them a chance to escape. Oh, that's fun. And then they would run for their lives, and he would track them, Carl. Mm -hmm. He would take his time hunting them like animals, armed with a hunting knife and a 22, a 22, I'm stuttering now. A stuttering mini. What did he use? He used a Ruger Mini 14 rifle. He tortured the woman with the chase for hours and sometimes days at a time until he found them and then he would shoot them. Jesus Christ. He confessed to the murders of 17 women and the rapes of around 30. He was sentenced to 461 years in prison without the possibility of parole. He died in 2014. And Nicolas Cage played him in a terrible movie. Oh, really? Yeah. Nicholas Cage was a terrible movie? You don't say. Yeah, it was, I think it was called On Frozen Ground. What are the chances of so that? So he was immortalized forever in a terrible film. Now, you have to admire Robert Hansen because as a stutterer, he really got things done. Yeah. So that's stuttering. Mike Stuttering Bob Hansen, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, was his bread? What do people say about his I'm, bread? Was he a good, good product? He was like the only baker in a town of drifters who gave a fuck. They were yeah. just glad to have food. All right. Cool. All right. Who's your creep? All right. So I'm bringing to you a guy named Israel Keys. Oh, I know who he is. You know Israel Keys? Yeah. In fact, someone specifically put on the Twitter when this was, please don't do Israel Keys. Really? And I responded, uh, even if we made that a rule, do you think Carl would listen? Or read that. Wait, why did people say not to do Israel Keys? Because it's low-hanging fruit. Go ahead, Low-hanging fruit? Okay. I wasn't even going to bring this up. But now I got to peel back. The, uh, the fourth wall. Peel back the fourth wall. I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, basically, Vinny controls the Twitter, gets the vote in, knows that we're doing Alaska, sends me a notification that, hey, we're doing Alaska, and I picked the guy who shows up on the first result of Google. I didn't do that. That's what you did. You're like, we picked Alaska, and I got this guy. So you like automatically, before I even know what's going on, get the creepiest creep from Alaska, you cheater. And now you're saying that Israel Keys is low-hanging fruit? I'm just telling you what the listener oh, said. Well, I'm sure he's... I'm not telling you anything past that. I'm sure he has some good points. All right. Let's... Uh, Israel Keys. Go ahead. Let's get a brief summary on Israel Keys. Keys traveled the country from Alaska to Vermont, looking for people to kill totally at random and funding his crimes by robbing banks. The FBI has now retraced his steps, a long list of dates and locations since 2001, when they believe he may have killed repeatedly. They so far have eight confirmed murders and rapes, including a couple in Essex, Vermont, four others in Washington State, and one more on the East Coast with the body hidden in New York. And he told agents something they'd never heard before, that he left kill kits or caches buried in several states filled with everything he'd need to commit a murder. They were in waterproof containers or five-gallon buckets and included guns and different things he could use to dispose of bodies. So this guy is an interesting serial killer. He's really into killing people. He really, he's very into it, yes. And he's very meticulous about how he does it. So he stashes these kill kits in different places around the country, and they sit there for years until he's ready to go back there and kill someone. So it's very hard to trace him to the murder yeah. and to find out how he sourced 
the guns and the things that he needed. To I will go this. ahead and call this guy pretty brilliant, actually. Yes, he's a, he's above average intelligence. Yeah, brilliant maybe is an overstatement considering how he got caught. So what's yeah, yeah, he got a little sloppy. Let's talk about these kill kits a little bit. Let's dive into this. He said that he assembled what he referred to as kill caches. These were containers like a bucket that contained ammunition, guns, shovels, zip ties, money, and Drano. That was for getting rid of the bodies. He would bury these kits in various areas so that they would be available when he was ready to carry out a murder. So I don't know anyone else who does this, but he was very smart about how he killed people. He didn't have any connection to them. He didn't know who they were, and they weren't anywhere near where he was living in Alaska until until he did do that. Until they were. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, you know, as, as we uh, said, he got a little sloppy at a certain point. So this British guy thinks that Israel Keys is uh, bad news. What made Israel Keys the killer he became? He has no reason to murder any of his victims. They don't owe him money. They're not former lovers. They have not offended him in any way. He does not hate any of them. He is a multiple murderer who simply wants to slaughter and not get caught. So that's really his only objective. He just wants to kill people and not get caught. That's kind of his deal. Yeah, my guy wanted vengeance. Yeah, so this is a little bit different. So let's talk about how he grew up. Because you talked about your guy had acne and he had a stutter and people picked on him. Israel Keys grew up in Washington State in a very remote area that was nowhere near civilization. He had no birth certificate and no social security number. He and all nine of his siblings were homeschooled. For the first several years of his life, he lived in a tent with his family as his father built a cabin in the woods. He learned how to hunt at a young age. At around age 10, he started breaking into homes, stealing guns, and setting fires. At age oh, 14, no. he was torturing household pets, and he started to take pride in his ability to sit in the woods for hours without moving. It's amazing no one thought this was unusual, but I guess when you have 10 children living in a cabin in the woods, you can't always expect high-quality parental supervision. No, the parenting was not happening in well, this family. I have to say, though, I kind of like the kid who looks at you and says, look what I could do, and then sits there like a rock for hours. Yeah, I don't mind that. That part's fun. That's a good kid. The torturing of household pets, however, not so much. So this guy grew up, he was Mormon, and then they switched religions, and then he was into this weird white supremacist church that he was involved in. And he would hang out. Why with his, is it weird? Is it different than yours? It's very different. Okay. He would hang Just out. Just check it. He would hang out with um, with these kids and break into houses and stuff. And the kids were like, oh, okay, that's cool. And then he'd start like uh, torturing cats. And then the kids would be like, oh, I don't like this guy. So Keys realized that his antisocial behavior was not winning any friends. So he decided to put that on the, uh, he decided to hide that and uh, pretend that he was somebody else. He joined the army in 1998, much what, like what, uh, your creep. What, what did he do to hide this from people? Was he trying to be like, hey, everybody, ignore those dead cats over there. I don't know anything about them. Well, so he stopped, Let's go listen he to some doing records. that in front of people. And uh, actually, when he was being interrogated by the police, he mentioned this. There is no one who knows me or who has ever known me who knows anything about me, really. Mm. They know... They're going to tell you something that does not line up with anything I tell you because I'm two different people, basically. And the only person who knows about 
what I'm telling you, the kind of things I'm telling you, is me. How long have you been two different people? <laughs> long time. 14 years. That's right. So that was from 2012. Oh, okay, Israel. And so he decided that, all right, I'm being shunned by society when I'm torturing animals and things. So I guess what I'm going to do is I'm going to like pretend that I'm actually just a stand-up guy. Joins the army, was honorably discharged, did a tour in Egypt. Um, what was interesting about this was that he had an ICP poster up in the barracks he was an insane clown posse fan. Yeah, that checks out. So if you, I think right there I win. Vote for Carl at creepoff.com. Robert Hansen couldn't know who ICP was because they were around before he went to prison. Or they came out after he was in prison. Oh, but he could have figured it out, though. We should look into that. There might have been multiple ICP posters in his cell, for all I know. So after this guy was caught, and we'll get to why he was caught and everything, but I thought this was really funny. He didn't really, he was telling investigators some things, but not everything. He was giving them some information that was leading them to look for bodies and, and look for evidence and things like that. But he didn't want to give out too much information because he didn't want to be fodder for true crime shows. And he literally says this. The problem is nowadays, uh, the more stuff my name is attached to, the more likely it is that somebody's going to try to do some kind of stupid freaking TV special or, you know, you know how it is nowadays, like with all this true crime bull that people are obsessed with and that's the... You can't even go around raping and murdering people without some true crime show featuring you on their special. Yeah. It's so annoying. I also heard he uh, donated a wing to a library under the name Anonymous. He's a good guy. He's a, he's a great guy. No, it's interesting because he had a daughter. And he didn't want there to be a lot of gossip about how, you know, her dad was an asshole. So he was trying to kind of keep this stuff on the DL. Um, And this was interesting, too, during this interrogation. He's laughing his ass off because he's telling these guys, like I said, just a little bit of information and getting them to send people. Because this is all over the country, obviously. Yeah. So they're sending investigators all over the country to look for bodies and things. And uh, he's giggling about how this is costing the taxpayers a lot of money. I almost feel guilty. <laughs> costing the taxpayers a lot of money to find them. <laughs> but I just kept my mouth shut. <laughs> it's funny, and you laughing? Don't fucking laugh again. He feels guilty. He's wasting all his taxpayers' money. He doesn't feel guilty about murdering people and raping them. But, you know, that whole thing where he's costing taxpayers money. I'm sick of the libs costing us all this money. (laughs) It's a real problem. Trying to figure out who I murdered and shit. So now let's talk about the mistake he made. So he's in Alaska. There is a coffee shop. He decides to enter this coffee shop. There's an 18-year-old girl in there, Samantha, who's working. Hey, Samantha. Samantha. He makes she makes him a coffee. He pulls out a gun and abducts this girl. There's uh, footage of this. There were there were video cameras and things, so we can see that she was abducted. And um, he decides that you know what? I think I want to get some money. I think I want to get some ransom for her because he needs money. He likes to go on cruises. He likes to do fun things. You think his caches aren't going to fill themselves? Right. Sometime on February 2nd, 2011, Israel Keyes told Samantha Koenig to relax. He was kidnapping her to get a ransom, and then she would be free. But he was lying. He raped her 
and then strangled Samantha Koenig to death. So he rapes and murders this girl, and then he goes on a cruise out of New Orleans, and he goes back up to Alaska, and he decides, you know what? I do need some ransom money. What if I were to pretend that Samantha was still alive, but hmm, actually, even better, I'll put some makeup on her, I'll open her eyes, I'll super glue the newspaper into her hands, I'll take a photo of her and send it to her parents. This will work. I'll do the voice. He goes on his cruise, he comes back, and he decides that he wants some money, so he props her body up to make her look alive. He wanted $30,000 for her safe return, and he sent a photo of Samantha apparently holding a local paper from just a few days earlier. So he actually sent this photo. They think she's still alive. He obviously did a nice job with the makeup. It's better than his first plan, which was just to call the parents and do the voice. Hi, it's your oh, daughter, hey, Samantha. Samantha. I'm fine. I was kidnapped by a very handsome man. You sound like Earl Hamburger when you do that. I'm not a hamburger on the internet. I swear. Oh. <laughs> so they raised the money. They didn't have $30,000, but they were able to raise the money because this was like a big deal. And they put it on social media. Samantha was missing. And then they find out she's okay. And she's not, but you know, and they, they raised the money and they put it in Samantha's bank account. And he has her debit card and got her pin number before he killed her. So he starts traveling around the country pulling money out of ATMs. That's the worst idea ever. Yeah, because one of the ATMs have cameras in them. Every one of them. Yep. Every and single fucking They got one. a photo of his white Ford Focus that he was driving around in. And as he was driving in Texas going three miles per hour over the speed limit, a trooper saw him and went, hey, that's that white Ford Focus we've been hearing so much about back at the station. I think we should uh, pull this guy over. They do. They find Samantha's cell phone. They find her debit card. They find all this cash that he's been pulling out of ATMs. And he got busted in Texas, huh? He was busted in the Texas. The wrong state to get busted in. Well, they brought him back to Alaska. Okay. Um, you know, where this crime was committed. And that's where he starts confessing. And they find, actually, in his cell, with his own blood, he was drawing skulls and he drew 11 skulls on this piece of paper with his own blood. So they're pretty sure that he killed 11 people because he really wanted credit for it. We didn't really want, you know, the true crime shows. He didn't want this to get out to the media and things like that. So after 40 hours of being interrogated, giving out some information, but not a lot. I don't like this guy. They're ready. They're ready to uh, bring him to trial, Vinny. But that didn't happen. Three months before his scheduled trial, Keyes managed to smuggle a sharp object into his cell. Then, he did what he threatened he would all along. Israel Keyes killed himself. He cut his wrists whilst also hanging himself. Alright, well that, that's a good way to do it. <laughs> How did he kill yourself? Both ways. Impressive. I mean, Carl, this is your argument for Biggest Creep? This is a creep right here, yes. Sure, he's a creep, but my guy killed 17 women. He hunted them down. And not only that, he did his jail time. This guy was going into... So, in Vermont, he stalked this elderly couple. Mm -hmm. Broke into their house at 3 a.m. And abducted these, this couple, murdered the husband, raped the wife, oh. then murdered the wife, oh. then drove their bodies to upstate New York... Threw them in a river somewhere. This guy's bad news, Vinny. Israel Keys 
Go vote for Carl and Keys on thecreepoff.com. Is He's that a the, creep. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Stuttering Bob, 17 kills. Carl and Keys. 30 rapes. Carl and Keys, 22. Stuttering Bob, ladies and gentlemen. You, All right. my friend, have committed a crime. All right. Carl, my friend. That was a good round. It was a good round. You could vote this week at thecreepoff.com. We both brought some serial killing creeps this week. We certainly did. Who would have thought Alaska was so depraved? Oh, my gosh. We could do Alaska for the next seven weeks in a row if we wanted to. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I guess that means it's time for some voicemails. And they are brought to us by our good friends in Syracuse. The Creep Off voicemail segment is brought to you by the city of Syracuse. Come enjoy one of our many lovely neighborhoods such as Skunk City. Named for the high amounts of skunks in the area. Still smells better than most of our women. See you <laughs> and smell you in Syracuse. You know, Vinny, I got to bring this up. I don't know if I should do this on the show or not. Sure. But we have a lot of unpaid invoices out to Syracuse. I don't know if they don't have the money or what's going on, but they're well overdue. Should we keep playing these if they're not going to pay us? I, uh... They say they're good for it. Yeah, I know, I know. I, they they answer the phone when I call them, which is nice. They're not busy. But uh, <laughs> I'd like them to pay us at some point. Well, well, if there's any other cities out there that would like to, <laughs> yes, right. to sponsor Bingham the uh, voice Yeah, Binghamton, Binghamton is pretty shitty. you mention on the creep off? Let's I mean, know. Gary, Indiana did make us an offer, but Syracuse did want more. And by the way, I looked it up. Skunk City is a real place. Wow, it's got a sign and everything. That's it's a, the Skunk City neighborhood. <laughs> That's <laughs> a real place. <laughs> Just thought everybody would like to know that. So uh, where do we start with our voicemails? This is somebody who's listening to one of our bonus episodes on Patreon. Just listen to the Dan Snyder Hall of Fame episode. And yeah, I don't like feet and I don't like ketchup. And ketchup on feet is fucking disgusting. But you know what's far more disgusting to have ketchup on it? A fucking hot dog. And the fucking worst ketchup story I ever heard on the creep-off was that fucking Memorial Day story that you told Vinny. Holy shit, the image of a pudgy, pale, pasty Vinny slathering hot dogs and fucking ketchup and shoveling them down his gullet. Ah, God damn it, that's just a ghastly fucking image. Thank you, fuck you, bye. I haven't eaten lunch yet. That actually sounds really good. Should we go get some hot dogs after this? Certainly. Let's go swimming right after. <laughs> uh, right. I, have a, I have a voicemail. You do. Us. Go hit him up. Hey, this is Day Labor suggestion, guys. It's for the creep off. Uh, great episode of Dick uh, last week, Vinny. It went really good. Um, I was sad to hear that you would not put an arbitrary arbitrarily big consequence on yourself for losing to one guest that's going to outvote you because it's dick. Um, that was great. Happy to say I'm now a Carl's Kangaroo, even though yes. Vinny gets paid for it. Yes. And I'm really liking the fucking the Catch a Predator, like, weird spinoff watching you guys are doing. Alright, thank you, fuck you, bye. Cuz. Kazaroo. Kazaroo. Well, all of you uh, scum and Mary Marchers, Creepomaniacs, Kazaroos, and True Believers are going to get a bonus episode this Wednesday. Yes. What are we doing? A scum stream this Wednesday? We're doing a scum stream with a uh, pedophile hunter theater. Nice. I'm looking forward to that. All right. Uh, here's a voicemail. Hey, guys. Uh, I'm calling in regards to the creepiest priest. I yeah. want to say this. Father Gus. Carl, 
you got blasted out the goddamn water. You came with what I would essentially call typically the average Catholic priest. Oh, and yeah, Vinny came with a guy that had been, he should go in the Catholic priest hall of fame of molesting. He's got to be like top 10. I he mean, should that, be the Pope. He, I, I mean, <laughs> it got to a point where I almost shut it off when he got to the point about him, uh, digesting the fluids, so to speak. And of course he had to, he had the dragon's horde of the, of the CP. I mean, yeah, I've already listened to Vinny too. Carl, <laughs> and I am a WATP guy. Yeah. And Vinny, I fuck with you too. All right. Uh, but man, I never go biased on my votes. So, uh, I appreciate that. There it I, is. That's a fair, fair voter right there. I like that. So, He's saying that the guy, the priest that I picked is just an average priest. The guy was raping children for decades. They were relocating him. He had to flee the country to rape children in Morocco. This is just a normal priest. Did he have, did he have a father Gus toilet caddy? He did not. All right. Well, here's another person who says you dropped the ball, but this is a fun fact that uh, I cannot believe we forgot a few weeks ago. Great seamers here. I'm a little bit behind, but I just listened to the the one where Carl brought in uh, Leonard Lake and Charles Ng. I was going to suggest that to you because of one thing that Carl left out, which happens to be the funniest detail. Leonard Lake, when he was solo, used several aliases. One of his absolute favorites was, I shit you not, Tom Myers. (laughs) What? Anyway, thank you, fuck you, bye. Oh God! Did you win with Leonard Lake? Um, yes. Okay. He did. He went by Tom Myers. You, if you had done that, that would have been the nuclear option. No shit. That's a fun name. Uh, so Carl, I told you I teased earlier in the show that somebody oh, wants I have one to more, have one more voicemail. Oh, okay. Short Go one. Ahead. Short one. Quick one. Go right ahead. Carl, you didn't know that Amy Schumer was Jewish. Have you seen her cousin Chuck Schumer? That is the most Jewish Jew, Jew, Jew that has ever Jewed. God damn. That's inappropriate. That is inappropriate. <laughs> That's wildly inappropriate, sir. All right. Disavow. All right, Vinny, what do we got? This game? is very disrespectful. <laughs> we got a game to play today? No, no. Before we do that, I have one more voicemail. It's important. Okay. I teased it earlier. Oh, okay. Um, somebody who wants to have dinner with you in Nashville. Right. So, ladies and gentlemen, yay or nay? Vinny, this is the cow photographer from WATP. <laughs> I uh, don't know who runs the creep off Discord, so I'm just making sure I cover all my bases. I will be in Nashville. Carl did call me weird on WATP, and I want to show him a really weird time, you know. And uh, Carl, I uh, am leaving on Sunday, but I'll be there Friday. So you choose me, buddy. We can get dinner Friday night. Have a good time. Have a nice, weird time, you know. All right, baby. See you later. Smooch it. I never thought. Doing the show, you asked me over two years ago to do the creep off with you. If you had told me, and guess what, you'll be having dinner with Vic's ex boyfriend, I would have said, Yeah, I'll pass. That's fine, Vinny. I have better things to do on Monday afternoons. I had no idea this was going to happen. You uh, you say you don't want to have dinner with the cow photographer? Do you want to have dinner with that guy? Well, Carl, uh, your reaction says it all. (laughs) I think dinner with the cow photographer Friday night in Nashville. I think that's going to have to be the deal. Is that the deal? I'd prefer it be Sunday. 
See if you could extend your stay, Kyle Photographer. I'm not saying yes yet. We still got time. We still got time. Now, also, when you go to it Nashville. It would be Friday, though, because Sunday I'm busy. No, Sunday you're going to. That's going to be the best time for you on Sunday. Um, <laughs> I mean, maybe brunch. Can I do brunch? With no, Elizabeth? you're going to do dinner time. <laughs> dinner time. You're going to miss the dinner with everybody, and you get to go have dinner with a listener because you lost, and you take forever to do your consequences. Extend your stay to Sunday. You got a deal, Kyle Photographer. Carl. Yes. Another listener, a big fan of the show, and uh-huh. a guy that we both know and love, uh-huh. has uh, submitted a creep-off game. I don't know anyone who submits games to shows. Who could this be? Well, here we go, Carl. Let's uh, see if we can maybe try around and see if we like it or not. Okay. Once again, yay or nay on this. If you like it, let us know. It's time for everyone's favorite game show on the creep-off. Don't do the crime if you can't do the time. Okay. okay. The game is simple. I will give you a criminal. I will give you their crime or crimes. I will give you their age. And I will also sometimes give you their gender and their race. Based on that information, you, the co-hosts, have to guess the sentence. The closest, without going over, wins. Now that you understand Hold how to on, play the game. Hold on, time out. Pause it. Pause it. He goes, the rules are simple. And then I just nodded off. <laughs> that went on forever. Okay. All right. No, I get it. I get it. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> so we have to guess how much time. And sometimes I'll tell you this. And other times I'll tell you that. whatever. Just do it. All right. Let's try this <laughs> yeah, out. Let's do it. Let's play. Don't do the crime if you can't do the time. On this week's game, we will discuss Bobby Bostick. Bobby Bostick, a boy, age 16, and is African-American. He robbed a group of people in Missouri at gunpoint, and shortly thereafter, robbed and briefly detained a woman in her car. What was his sentence? Alright, 16 years old. Yep. Um... Robbed a group of people at gunpoint, then carjacked somebody else. Black kid. Yeah, black kid. What state was that? Missouri? So I'm going to say life. Death. Death penalty. (laughs) Death penalty. Closest without going over. Don't do the crime if you can't do the time. Bobby Bostick was sentenced to 241 years in prison. <laughs> Don't do the crime if you can't do the time. I think I win. You do. Well, that's not life. That is it's, life. That, How long are you going to live for? I'm just saying they didn't say life years? in prison. They sentenced A 245 years, and I said death. So it was closer. No, no. It was closer to death. No, I no. Cardiff, I won Vinny that. wins. Cardiff, I won that, right? Winhousey for the Winhousey. What the hell is he supposed to be? I definitely want that one. All right. All right. That's that's a fun game. It is a fun game. Cardiff, uh, (laughs) we could maybe try this again one of these days. Now, what if it had been a white kid? What would you have guessed? Probation? Um, (laughs) Six months probation? I would imagine uh, a round in the scared straight program. Right, yeah. And then, you know, they get a little certificate for completing it. Something like that. A letter to the parents. Yeah, a letter to the parents. <laughs> All right. Carl, you ready for a scum stream? I am. Let's do it. Oh, that's the wrong one. Here we go. Scum parade is what we're doing. 
driving children. A clip of pedos diddling. Two bag murderers. Rape the steward, rape the new rape. Excited for the parade every time. Oh man, we're gonna be marching down the street. We're just psyched up. What'd you think of this week's scum parade? I didn't go too murder heavy this week. No, this week's was uh, tame in comparison to what we've seen in the past. Yeah, but these are just a lot of fucking creeps. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna start in Winter Haven, Florida. On April 18th, detectives arrested 34-year-old Taletta Collier Mm. of Winter Haven for criminal use of personal ID and uttering a false document. She created a fake police report. To avoid repercussions for excessive tardiness at work. Okay. So she was going to be late to work, so she pretended that she had to file a police report. Yes. Detectives were contacted by the Federal Security Director of Law Enforcement with the Federal Air Marshal Service after Collier, a a TSA officer. Uh, Okay. Stop it right there. TSA officer, huh? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Creeped out of the gate. Submitted what appeared to be a fake burglary report. During the investigation, detectives learned that Collier was a TSA employee. She was in the improvement plan for excessive tardiness. The improvement plan. Government you don't employees be... never get fired, by the way. You know what I'm saying? Like she shows up to late to work all the time, and they're like, all right, well, now we're going to have to improve your behavior. We're going to have an improvement plan for you, Talita. So she tells that her supervisor she was late. Because she was at her parents' home, and a man armed with a knife attempted to burglarize her parents' vehicle. Collier told her supervisor... It does not even make sense. A guy with a knife was going to rob a vehicle? Give me your keys! (laughs) (laughs) He's just menacing the side of the car. stupid. Yeah, it didn't make a lot of sense. He's just stabbing at the window. I think that's what her supervisor thought, too. Yeah. Uh, She said that she drew her agency-issued weapon and pointed it at the alleged suspect, causing him to flee. Well, thank God she had that government-issued weapon. Hey, Toledo, next time you're going to be late to work, try this. Traffic. There was an accident on the expressway. It was backed up. You know, somebody doesn't involve paperwork. Well, (laughs) so uh, disprovable. Officer Collier informed her supervisor the incident was reported to the Pinellas County Sheriff's sure. Office. Sure. Yeah, that was stupid. Now, why'd I- you say that? <laughs> what were you thinking there? <laughs> when asked for a case number or business card of the investigating detective, Collier said she was not provided with either. I like that they don't believe her at all. Yeah, they're like, they're like uh, oh, yeah? Oh, is that what happened? Well, you know what? We're going to need, uh, Toledo, we're going to need a copy yeah, of this. Dummy. Because you're in the improvement plan, <laughs> yeah. so we have to document this. This is not improving right now. Like, if this was the first time, no one would have asked her anything. Sure. This is after, ex- I mean, I can only imagine the other excuses. So, she says. You donated a third kidney? Really, Toledo? Uh, how many grandmothers did you have, <laughs> yeah, right. Toledo? So. Well, on my dad's side, there were three, and then... She texts her supervisor a screenshot of a document that looked similar to a police report. <laughs> I like that. In the, in the article, it says, it kind of looks like it might be a police report. No one was buying it, but she tried. 
Collier was then instructed to provide an actual copy of the report, not a picture of it. This is what the supervisor told detectives. The image provided by Collier was cut off halfway through the second page, and no incident description was visible. Okay. Okay. So when Polk County Sheriff Officers detectives reviewed the image, they determined it was an obvious fake. The form used to create the document was not an official form. Look at all this work that's going into this for this one stupid lie because you're late to work. Collier also so many people involved in your nonsense. She dragged a deputy into it because she found some guy's uh, badge number and put it on the thing. Sure. Yep. Why not? That'll work. That deputy's on vacation. <laughs> He's out of the country. Did, did you think this guy's going to be like, yeah, I think I did that. Sure. Why not? He was out of the country at the date and time listed on the fake report and told deputies he did not respond or create a report. Uh, the incident alleged by Collier. Uh, her parents told detectives they had no knowledge of the burglary report and that their vehicle had not been burglarized. Collier was arrested and transported to the Polk County Jail where detectives asked Collier about the armed burglary in an effort to investigate the alleged crime. Uh, Collier asked if her employee had contacted the police. She goes, did my boss call you? Like, that's her response. Yep. Uh, the uh, sheriff said, you can't make this stuff up. I don't understand why anyone would go to this extent of creating a fake police report to avoid a reprimand at work. Yeah, no shit. Um, She's stupid. So What an idiot. She's a TSA agent. Yeah. All right, so I'm already like, lock her up, right? Even if she didn't do any of this. Check her shoes first. There are 60,000 TSA employees in this United States of America, Vinny. Yeah. Do you know anyone? 58,000 of them were late this morning. Yeah, right. Do you know know anyone who works for the TSA? There's 60,000 people who work for the TSA. Do you know anyone? No. Does anyone know anyone? Are these real people? I don't think they're real people. I don't know anyone who works for the TSA. I don't know anyone who knows anyone who works for the TSA. Is this like your birds are robots thing again? Yes. TSA are robots. Hmm. Wait, what what is my birds are robots thing? I just made that up. (laughs) You convinced me you're gaslighting me. I'm like, yeah, they're just like those robot birds. Wait a second. (laughs) Uh, Let's talk about another man who lives in his own reality, shall we? A middle-aged driving instructor, obsessed with his teenage student, created a TikTok account. Middle age? 52 is like Vinny's hoping for that. A ripe old age. <laughs> yeah. For this fat fuck. <laughs> 12 years left. Hey. <laughs> so he created a TikTok account dedicated to her and tried to pay dark web hackers to access her social media accounts. Graham Mancy, 52, became besotted with the 17-year-old between July and October besotted. 2021. Have you ever used that word before? No, this is a British this yeah. is a British article. I had to look that up. He was infatuated <laughs> yes, with her. Yes, he was obsessed. She found her fetching. Yes. And so, by the way, he was not ashamed of it either. Not He's even very open bit. about it. He fucking straight up stuttering jonder. She's a 17-year-old. He's like, would you like to go out for drinks? Exactly in my notes. He's exactly stuttering, stuttering John. Asked her out for drinks. 17-year-old girl who's taking driving lessons from him. Hey, you want to uh, pull over by this bar? We can have a couple of drinks before <laughs> yeah. I take you back. So this happened in Southeast London. He told the student that he she was his favorite and created a TikTok account dedicated to her. The driving instructor also gave another student a gift bag to pass on to her, which contained $65 in restaurant vouchers, a key ring with eight personalized charm, charms on it and a card in which he described the victim as quote kind and quote amazing what a dork this guy's a nerd yeah it's not how you pick up a 17 year old no it's not you just tell you got a cool car and you don't like your parents either the victim became <laughs> concerned about mancy hold on let me write that down uh, yeah that's cool a cool car yeah, yeah uh-huh, cool uh-huh. car 
the victim became concerned about Pansy and told her mother. But when the parents confronted him about his inappropriate behavior and told him he could no longer teach her daughter, he asked, is it because I love her? Yeah, I know. <laughs> hey, how, how funny is that? They're like, are you stalking my daughter? He's like, yeah, she's fucking smoking hot. Of course yeah, I am. I'm in love with her. Yeah. Can, you, can I call you mom? <laughs> After the teen blocked Manzi on all social media and stopped learning how to drive with him, he spotted her. He was spotted on her road before quickly making off. In September of 2021, the victim moved out of London to York to attend the university. Manzi created a fake Instagram account as a student and befriended her and her flatmates. He also managed to get on the WhatsApp group for her halls of residence, which could be accessed through the university's Facebook page. So this guy is actually pretty savvy, I would say. And none of this is illegal, by the way. This is all above board, I would yeah. say. It's a crime of the heart. That's right. You know what so, I thought was interesting about this story? This girl was taking... He, well, he, he was convicted of one kind of stalking. Oh, yeah, okay, stalking. That's a problem. Yeah. This girl was taking driving lessons from July to October... And once they realized that this guy's a creep, then she had to go and get lessons from someone else. How long does it take to learn how to drive a car? They do it on the wrong side over there. Cars drive them. They literally drive themselves now. This woman's taking months to learn how to drive? Is she like a, a retard? <laughs> Why does it take so long? Nah. Well, he did say she was kind. So maybe. I don't know. I find this whole story to be just creepy. Either way, that guy got convicted of one count of stalking. And uh, I think well-earned. Yeah. I think you earned that one. Well, like I said, he wasn't ashamed of it. If you ask him, like, hey, why are you talking to this 17-year-old girl? Oh, because I love her. Oh, all right. Carl, <laughs> that, would you, that man was brazen. But we're going to yes. talk about a gentleman who is incredibly brazen. Tuesday, April 29th, a man in Long Beach, California, sat in a chair in front of a hair salon during business hours and masturbated as he looked through the window. Yeah. And they videotaped him masturbating, and he was videotaping them, videotaping him masturbating. That is correct. Yes. It took the police 40 minutes to arrive. Jacking it, jacking it, jacking it, jack. Spanking it, jacking it, spanking it, smack. By which time the man had vacated the premises. When the hair salon owner posted the video to social media, a nail salon responded and said that the same man was spotted masturbating and looking through the nail salon window, too. It's funny because there was another salon in the area that was very disappointed. He never jerked off looking into their window. Yeah. And the owner was quoted as saying, I guess we got to hire some hotter girls to work here because we're all very disappointed. Yeah. I mean, if Did, you, you notice this article was all about how long it took the police to get there. Yeah, you would think they would get there. I mean, it's a, a sh Long Beach, California. I imagine it's a busy place. There's yeah. a lot of stuff going on. You, at that time, when this guy's jerking off looking in the window, there's 10,000 worse things happening in the L.A. area. And they're complaining about, the, oh, the police take so long to get there. Have you seen what's going on in L.A.? That's not one of their top priorities right there, just because there's a guy jacking it. The cars are passing me by. They honk and say hello. Hey, that guy's jacking it. What this man did was insanely brazen. He sat there in like a camping chair. Yeah. He gets out, puts the chair in front of his car. Was it after he got a haircut too? Wasn't he in there getting a haircut? Yeah. He went in there. It was like, hey, hi, I'll do it. And then he went out and just sat there and started cranking one out. Listen, this is um, like he was going to see the fireworks or a parade. He just set up his little yeah. chair this right is in a, front of the window. This is inappropriate, but I watched the video where they were interviewing the people at the salon. Yeah. And uh, that one stylist, pretty hot. 
cute girl. Not going to argue. Yeah. So uh, let's finish this up. And a man accused of raping four-year-old twins in Pennsylvania attacked two officers who tracked him down to Middletown, Midtown, New York, at a homeless shelter Tuesday. And then he escaped. And then they caught him again. The suspect, Isaiah Metz, 22, was there. And when the cops showed up to arrest him at 4.15 a.m., the police officer said he fought off two officers, punching them both in the head multiple times and biting an investigator on the arm before taking off. He's 22 years old, and he was adopted into a foster family in Pennsylvania where he's accused of raping the twin female tots. He was having a day. How do you fucking adopt a 22-year-old, number one, Pennsylvania? And number two... This kid really looks like a problem. He's facing 115 charges, including child pornography offenses. And he's also on parole for allegedly attacking a cop in Pennsylvania. I got to say, though, he looks very charismatic, doesn't he? He kind of, he's got bright red hair. His smile just lights up the room, doesn't it? There's video of him walking into the courtroom and spitting. On a reporter from the New York Post. Yeah. And calling her a bitch. The reporter was asking weird questions like, why did you rape those four-year-olds? And he didn't want to answer those questions. He certainly didn't. So he decided to spit at her. A simple no comment would suffice. (laughs) Isaiah. He kept asking, like, wait, who? Wait, who are you talking about? The kids that you raped. Why'd you do that? I don't know what you're talking about. Which kids? What are their names? Hold on. Let me think about this. (laughs) Honestly, though, didn't you get the sense, like, if I was this guy's agent... I would, th- I would be like, buddy, we could go places. You've got, like, it. He's got the it factor. You just got to stop raping children and beating up cops. And we could go play. We could do things here. The guy's just chomping on a cigar. Kid, we could go far. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking reality television for you. Stop spitting <laughs> at reporters. I'd watch. I would, too. I'd watch. He seems like a personality, doesn't he? He's a bit of a problem. Oh. Isaiah Metz, ladies and gentlemen, look out for this fucking guy. Are you dumb, stupid, or dumb? Definitely a Takashi vibe. Yeah. Definitely a Takashi vibe. Yes. I would subscribe to his YouTube channel. You know, if I didn't know that he was raping four-year-olds. You know what I mean? Yeah, now that you know, though. Now that I know, I'm not as big a fan. It's kind of ruined. Now I'm not as big a fan of us. Yeah. He's really going to have to do a lot to rehab his His image. His image, yeah. Yeah. Well, well, with this podcaster, that's right. It's going to take a lot to get me back on his side. All right, folks, that is this week's edition of The Creep Off. Thank you so much for listening. We love you. Uh, if you wouldn't mind doing us a favor, rate and review wherever you listen to the show. It helps us out. We truly appreciate it. Uh, if you want to reach out to the show, you can leave us a voicemail at 585-371-8108. You can email us at thecreepoffpod at gmail.com. And most importantly, make sure you vote this week. You can vote for Stuttering Bob or you can vote for Carl and Keys at thecreepoff.com. Carl and Keys. Also, if you want to come hang out with us in Nashville, Tennessee, which is a hell of a place to spend a weekend, we will be there May 14th. WATPlive.com is where you can get your tickets. It's going to be a problem, kids. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. I am really, it's getting close. I'm looking forward to it. We're going to have a good time. Oh, and we got the stand-up show. Yeah, I was just going to say that. We, uh, we're we working with the venue to get the tickets on sale yeah, very soon. This, we'll get them up this week. It, the, the problem is we have to get a cow permit, and it's not as easy as you would think it is in Tennessee. <laughs> Even in Tennessee. Yeah, so we're going to do a show. I believe Vic is going to do something. More importantly, Vinnie Paulino is going to dig E-Gard. a fucking hole for Shuli and I to dig out of. That'll yep. be good. Yep, I know. That'll be interesting. Maybe I'll bring her up every uh, every three or four jokes and just have her come oh, up. Oh, that's right. You're going to MC, Carl? I'm planning on MCing, yes. Oh, boy, gonna, oh, boy. This is going to be fun. Carl Hamburger's stand-up comedy debut, ladies. Hey, anybody uh, celebrating anything? Huh? Any birthdays? Uh, anniversaries? Huh? Oh, you? You, ma'am? 
Oh, I'm gonna be shit. good. Uh, so the tickets are going to go on sale. I know sale. how to warm up a crowd, Vinny. Don't you worry about that. Hey, let's keep the applause even... going, everybody. Let's keep it going. That's really all I got to do. And coming to the mic, your next performer. Are you ready? Let me hear you if you are excited. Uh, Shully Agar. Shully Agar. All right, everybody. Let's give it up for Shully Agar. You can hear him every Monday through Friday on the Howard Stern Show. <laughs> Shoot. Yeah. Oh, man. Just get all those credits wrong. But uh, that is this week's show. I got to get out of here. I got to go. <laughs> I got to go. Goodbye. I got to go. Goodbye. Goodbye. I got to go. I got to go. Goodbye. Goodbye. Okay, folks. Guess what? This the episode's a- over. <laughs> <laughs> you stupid fucking blabbermouth cunt. Today, Junior? I don't know. Who gives a shit? Why am I even still doing this? I'm out of here. Ciao, Bella.